you are not needed uh, so much anymore to tell how what is right and wrong. You are to empower people and underline the word people. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Connected Podcast, where we share the inspirational stories of educational leaders working all around the world. My guest this week is Karita Prokki, who is the Director of Continuous Education at Tempera University of Applied Sciences in Finland. This is the university where I'm, I'm lucky enough to be doing my MBA program at the moment, but I hadn't met Karita before our conversation today. Uh, in fact, I came across a, a LinkedIn article by a colleague who had interviewed Karita, and Karita was speaking about um, how to lead in times of crisis. And I, and I felt a lot of those words were, were so connected to this podcast and the kinds of thinking uh, we've been doing in our MBA program that I, I really wanted to have her on. And the conversation really for me was, was phenomenal. I, I walked away from the conversation thinking how many wonderful insights I wanted to put into practice and think about. And I had the same experience uh, just now as I've been editing um, thinking about the words that Karita shares with us. For me, one of the first critical pieces of this conversation um, happens when Karita speaks about establishing why. And there's a bit of a new twist on this idea, as I've heard it before. Karita speaks about establishing why there should be a leadership role in the first place. And so in the early stages of a new leadership position, she speaks about how critical it is to work with your teammates to uncover the reasons why the leadership role should exist in the first place. Like, what is it there for? What is it there to do? She speaks about this symbiotic process where an individual leader brings in a set of values, beliefs, abilities, but also establishes with their team that this leadership role has to have a function and has to be really clearly established and communicated. So this why there is a leader within the organization or within the team is the very first step of uh, maybe a newly appointed leader. And I, I, think, I think about my own sort of background and leadership and experiences with leaders in, in my past, and this sense of sort of having an established shared vision or shared understanding of what the role requires is so essential. And I hadn't really thought about it in the way that Karita brings it up for us. Uh, and that's going to be something I reflect on. She also speaks about change management in the educational process. And I think there's a really enlightening story where Karita t- uh, speaks about how when you're changing education, it's, it's so easy to find reasons why something won't work or or why there might be an obstacle. And I'm sure that's true in all professions, but I wonder if it's exceptionally true in education where there's already so much moving piece, so many moving pieces and so much complexity. But she gives some really, uh, not only insight about the change process, but also some really concrete strategies for finding uh, people who are, are thinking in the same way, who are ready to work and ready to see the future in the same kinds of, uh, of ways. And she also um, 
reminds us that, you know, for some people, this change process can be a real struggle. And I think it's important that we recognize um, members of our team who, who, who may not be so ready to take on change and find ways to bring them along and, and support them as well. And that, I think, leads me to the very critical component, like the, <laughs> this, this one takeaway that I'm going to continue to reflect on. And I think as an individual, this, this concept is something that I struggle with. Uh, especially if I, you know, if I think about how exciting new ideas are in education or trying to, you know, develop the latest research, bring in the latest research to the organization I'm working for or my, my own teaching practice. When I was editing this podcast, what I recognized is that very seldomly does Karita speak about ideas, but what she speaks about at almost every, at almost every stop and almost every question Karita is speaking about uh, people. And it really is a reminder to me that the role of an educational leader of, or a leader of any organization is to lead people rather than philosophy or championing an idea. It's about understanding what the team needs, how the team is motivated, what the team is struggling with, and, and also providing autonomy for that team to operate and, and, and feel that they're accomplishing meaningful tasks and 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 as Karita mentions at some points maybe the team's need of the leader is is diminished and and that's a really great place to be I don't want to speak too much uh in the introduction to this episode because there is so much um value and I really hope that you find the value in this conversation as much as I have Oh, and one last thing, I usually say this at the end, but if you do like this podcast, could you please do me a huge favor? Could you like it, share it, leave a comment on iTunes, leave a comment on Google Podcasts, um, you know, share the link with your friends on LinkedIn. This has really been a fantastic project and something that I am looking forward to continuing. So uh, until next time, here's our conversation with Karita Brocky. I want to welcome my guest, Karita Prakki, to the show. First of all, Karita, thank you very much for coming on. Could you please introduce yourself and give us a little bit of background about what you're up to these days? Hello. Like I said, I'm Karita from Tampere University of Applied Sciences. Um, I've been working in education sector 22 years now. It's a long time. And uh, I, I came uh, to the institution like... As a teacher, I never wanted to become a teacher, but uh, in that in those circumstances, in the in the middle of nineties, um, I find found myself teaching, and I started to love teaching. And, but very soon, uh, actually too soon, I became the dean of the faculty, and uh, since that, I've been working as a leader in 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 the University of Applied Sciences, and um, and now. At, the, at, at this very moment, I'm working as a continuous education leader, and we we promote our programs in Finland and abroad. First question I have, maybe just out of personal curiosity, I heard you say too soon. What, what made it too soon, or <laughs> what was that experience like? I, I wonder if there's a story there. 
because I, I didn't consider myself as a professional teacher at that point. I would, I would have liked to uh, learn more about teaching and pedagogical issues and those. When you are young, when you are like 30 years old, you, you, you need more time. And um, in most cases, uh, leaders become leaders. They are asked to become leaders. Mm -hmm. So that happened to me too that time and I didn't say no. And uh, in this situation, I, I always uh, say that I've always, from the very, very young age, I've been interested in leadership, leader, be, being a leader. So um, I, I kind of found that very tempting and I've been enjoying it. I also did my PhD about leadership. So I think I've seen uh, all sides of it. You know, one question I have for you is about... <sighs> This concept of leadership, and, and, I, and I think I find myself really drawn to the topic and reading lots about it and, and trying to understand what it is. I wonder from your perspective, either you know, when you're an emerging leader or now in a, in a, in a more formal role, what, what is it about leadership that makes it such a compelling thing to try for us to understand? Um, I, I think that first of all, um, we don't consider it as a, as a profession. Mm -hmm. We don't take it seriously enough. We, we uh, like I was explaining you mm. to do it, and uh, and uh, then I just jumped into it. I didn't have any any. Uh, I did study a little bit of leadership, but you know, there's no training to become a leader. So um, some people they don't. We don't take it seriously, and and. Uh, as soon as you become a leader, I think we all should understand that, hey, now I, I became a leader, I really need to study this issue. I really need to become a leader. Mm. Nobody's born leader. More, somebody is more uh, and somebody is less. But I, I think it's very important to then dive into this topic and, and learn more and understand what the leadership really is not just that the, oh i did great job as a as a teacher i i became a leader that's absolutely a very wrong attitude in this topic it's really interesting because i think from from my perspective it it seems especially in educational leadership like you know teaching is in a lot of ways it can be a very individualistic um, profession you're you're sort of more or less left on your own in the classroom and I think for many jumping into formal leadership roles, it's really important to take that consideration. What are some of the most important things to consider as you transition from um, being a teacher into moving in towards a leadership role where you have to think about um, the wider organization and how teams are operating within that organization? Oh, it's a very difficult question, but the most important thing for a leader is to start building a trust. Mm. The trust process, it will take some time. And everybody in the organization needs to understand why there is a leader and why there is there are, for example, in the in the universities, why there are teachers, why there are leaders. So we, we need to understand the question of why. When this is clear, you can start building the trust. You 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 need to show them that you are there for them. You are not there because of you or because of a position. You, you are there for them. And, and as a whole, you build a team and you have the same goal. You have the same motivational um, issues. You, you have same values. 
So they're, they're, these are very fundamental in the beginning. You have to think those. And most of the leaders, they don't think. They just start organizing things. <laughs> As in, in a traditional way, like what's at the timetables and, and, mm -hmm. and these kind of issues, which were like the industrial era, era things. But nowadays, when everybody's a profession uh, professional on 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 herself like like herself knows uh, can use everything knows everything already so i think the big question is why to have a leader and that's why you have to answer the question why can you create that for yourself i, I mean as a newly appointed leader can you articulate that or define the why for yourself or is that something that you need to work with your with your team to to co-create I think both ways. Mm -hmm. Of course, you have to be very clear why I took this position, why why I'm here, what is my role, what are, what are my aims. But then, of course, uh, I think it's kind of a symbiosis that you, you have to understand that there is no leader without your, your team. Nobody needs a leader if there is no team. So um, this is very fundamental also that you discuss with your team. Do you think there are any particular set of challenges or is there anything particularly unique about working inside an educational organization as opposed to maybe a for-profit business? I, I've often kind of wondered if, if, you know, I've only worked at schools I, and I, and I wonder if that organization has a, uh, a different kind of set of characteristics. I don't know in your experience, if you might shed some, some light on that. Yes and no. Um, <laughs> you know, teachers are, uh, you know, professionals. They they really know what they have studied and they teach what they've studied and uh, or or they've worked in the companies like in the universities of applied sciences. You really have to have worked in a company too, so they really know their subject. Um, and um, and uh, I think that. Um, you really have to understand this issue in issue first. In the in the companies, um, there are many layers of management and uh, and leaders, and I would say that the culture is more. Of course, not in all, all organizations, but in, in in big industrial companies, the the philosophy comes from the industrial management philosophy where the leader is always right and where the leader knows the best it's still still a prevailing situation in the in the in the business life but in the in the educational institutions institution you have to always consider having very professional wise people around you and they can help you and they will they will uh, work as a team with you so so i i think it's a there's a little difference i don't have lots of experience from the industry but uh still i i talk to uh, lots of companies and i i hear from our students a lot of stories so i think there is a there, there is a little difference i i wonder about some specific mechanisms for <sighs> For, for making individual teachers feel part of a wider team, uh, you know, I, my perspective is is coming from mostly secondary schools, mm -hmm. some through uh, through schools, you know, but but I, I often wonder 
whether knowledge from, for example, the primary school and how they're developing their pedagogy always comes up to the high school or, or the other way around. And, and my question is always like, wh- why is it so difficult, at least in, 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 my, in the school experiences that I've had, why is it so difficult to transfer that kind of knowledge or information? And I wonder maybe as a sort of second question, if you have, if you've thought about some of the structures that are effective in creating those kinds of dialogues. Um, first of all, my university now, at, at the very moment, is building a team organization. Only now, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, um, I, as I said earlier, to build this kind of a team structure, it, it's all about trust and the uh, the, the, set, the goals you are setting. Yeah. So yeah. In the in the educational institutions, the subjects are leading. I think that in most cases the subjects. Are, I'm a, I'm a, a you know chemistry teacher and I'm a I'm a you know artist artist teacher language teacher or whatever. And this is always you know defining everything. Right. But, uh, I would I would guess that if we would have more um, the phenomenon based philosophy as the leading philosophy, that would automatically change also the educational institutions' organizations. So it's less by the subjects. I don't know if, if I answered right to, to your question, but this is what I see is the most challenging thing at the moment, that people see themselves as a subject teachers. They don't see them as a, as a educators at all levels. No, that is that is yeah. You're exactly um, speaking about the the things that I'm that I'm thinking about or wondering about myself, and maybe f- my role at the institution I'm working at at the moment is is not a formal leadership role. I'm working as a teacher, and I think a lot of my colleagues in the MBA program at uh, Tempera are in the same kinds of situations. So, how how would you suggest that people in informal leadership roles have these conversations or, or think about ways to develop a wider team that's not focused on subject because I, you're exa- you're exactly right. I mean, it's subject first. Okay, here's my department. Here's what we need to teach. The wider strategy or ideas of the, at the institution. Okay, that's nice on paper, but how does it affect my daily life? Well, um, for most of um, us, it's hard to imagine new things. So I, I would I would work with people who are ready to think uh, with you like you think and then start piloting something um, I've been when I was a dean of uh, of the faculty in the beginning of this century um, I, I remember uh, we were changing our our philosophy of teaching like from very passive to an active teaching and it was a really hard process and we really had go through all these kind of questions of subjects and and uh, who who is doing what and and it was really tough uh, year or years let's say like that but uh, you always need these change agents who are willing to do with you they see the future they they can they can see that this will work but there's always there are always enough people who don't see this because they need evidence, they need figures and numbers, and and um, for some reason the change process for them is kind of a struggle, and they're not that ready. But 
when they get more information and they see your success or they see you, your happy students, uh, they will follow. But it will take some time. But I would never give up the dream you have. I would continue. I would, you know, collect those people around you who believe the same way. We've been working with the Brazilian teachers a lot in this topic. And um, uh, there's always a time needed to pep up them. You, you know, they are really, really thinking that they're all kind of obstacles to, you know, not to do things. They, 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 they are born with explanations like, like, oh, but you know, our coordinator, oh, but our management, oh, government. You, you always find a reason not to change education. So I really uh, encourage people to work with people they share the dream with. That's really great advice and personally very much appreciated. I wonder if part of the issue about change in education is because the issue, the, the concept is it's, it's so complex. There are so many pieces that move. And so maybe I, I'm, I'm curious, can you share a story of a, of a, maybe a radical shift in the way a team performs? And I'm, I'm also really curious about what are the first things that you notice that get unstuck or that things start to move around in a positive direction? Um, I started in, in, in uh, this position where I'm now uh, um, five years ago. I became the leader uh, of the whole continuous education in, in uh, our university. And um, it had been a very, um, if I would call, I, I would call it like a secretary organization. The leader had been a leader and, and the, the secretaries do what the leader tells them mm -hmm. to do. Mm -hmm. At the same time, from the from our mm, rector's level, they, I was asked to, uh, you know, develop the whole whole uh, continuous education and expand a lot, and uh, I decided that the only way is to build teams, and it was a huge step from so-called secretary organization to a professional organization where people in teams are doing their decisions doing, you know, working, um, you know, uh, they don't need me at the, at, at every point. They, we meet, of course, regularly, but it's not like they have to ask me everything. So you start realizing very soon, if, if the team feels trust, they don't ask you everything. Like, can I go there? Can I do this? The, question, the questions change. I think this is one of the first first things you can realize that as a team, as a leader, you will be um, getting different kind of questions than when the the team spirit is not there. It's like from can I do this to to what do you think? Um, we've been doing this. What do you think? Or we, you know, do you understand what I mean? That the questions change. No, not only do I understand. I'm I'm sitting here with a huge smile on my face because. It's an experience that I've had so many times in the classroom, you know, in the first few weeks of the year, every piece of process in, this, in the, you know, from student perspective needs to be identified. Okay. Okay. We're going to do it this way. Okay. And then as you move forward, it's like, yeah, here's, here are the two things that I've been reading. I'm wondering if these, this connection I'm seeing is there. Mm -hmm. It's the complexity of the questions. And that is yes. from an organizational level, I had never considered that I'm super excited to to, to hear that. Yes. 
Yes, I, I, I think this is uh, very important. And, and then sometimes I even have a feeling that, oh, God, they don't even need me. I mean, I can go home. Uh, uh, should I talk to my, my, my boss that they don't need me anymore? I mean, you know, you start wondering that how can they be so good? And, and, uh, but it, it's a lovely feeling. It's it's amazing feeling when you realize that your team is working, you know, independently and, and they've learned, they learn, you, you can see their learning. It's almost in the air. You can grab the learning. <laughs> you know, you started this conversation by saying you, you were maybe appointed very, very early on in your career. I wondered if you can reflect on a few moments along the way where things you, you felt were a turning point. I think a lot of emerging leaders um, have difficulty identifying that as they move forward. Like what, what, what actually was important this day or what actually did I do? And I wonder if you can reflect back and think about those turning points in, in your own career. Um, of course, as a leader, you also need a leader who supports you. And I think... Um, I was encouraged by my leaders. I was always having a very um, positive and, and uh, encouraging and energetic leaders above me, and I think that is one of the uh, you know very important one of those issues that you you need people who also nurture you because you you cannot grow in the very um, uh, like, uh, you know, if the soil is very poor, it cannot grow. And, and uh, I think that was the first thing that I, I, I can recall and reflect that I was very thankful for my, for my bosses. And they trusted me. I could, uh, I think I learned this from them that trust, trust, the, trust people, trust the process, you know, and uh, then the motivational uh, issues that I was always so keen, so interested in leadership as itself. I, I, I wasn't that, um, you know, interested in the position that, okay, I'm, I'm a leader now and I can command and I can decide. Of course, in the very beginning, this is very fascinating. But then you start realizing that it's actually just you know very very small part of the whole process but you have to be interested in good leadership and i think this is one of the biggest issues in uh, in the global sense there are millions and millions of leaders that are only interested in their position and the common but leadership is like mm, it's it's you are there because you are, your role is to empower. You are not needed uh, so much anymore to tell how, what is right and wrong. You are to empower people and underline the word people. This, this concept of leadership, you said earlier about being a profession in itself. Yes. I'm really curious if you might be able to expand that a little bit. I think I follow along, but I, I'm really fascinated by the topic. And Me too. Yes, uh, it's exactly, uh, I kind of, I was trying to uh, explain that, like saying that 
when you become a leader or you are interested in becoming a leader, you have to understand that um, it's not the price of your good work as a, as a teacher. Oh, and then you become yeah. a leader and your mom is happy. Uh, it's not about that. It's like you, it's more to become a parent you know, the same process as becoming a parent, that you are responsible for these people's mm. work life. I mean, I want to create a, a, a work life for them where they can enjoy, where they, they uh, show their best, where they can, uh, you know, grow. And, and uh, it's more important than these decisions and command chains. I I really uh, enjoy seeing people grow, and that's your role as a leader. Yeah, of course, this is a very wide topic. You know, we could talk mm-hmm. hours, but mm-hmm. uh, this is what I mean. That start thinking of of this leadership issue as a whole. You are nothing without your team, so you have to understand your team. Your team has to understand you. And you have to have a common goal, common uh, motivation to come to the work every day. Why are we here? What are we doing? How can we change the world? How how can we do impact? So these are very important uh, issues to consider. And always talk, always chat with different kind of people. You will learn every day, like little bit every day. There is no course, no module you can take and then you can say, okay, now I'm ready. Uh, I think it's for a process where you grow all the time. If you want to, there are enough people who doesn't, who don't see this. They don't see it as a process. They think that now I'm a leader and that's it. What would you say to those people or what advice would you give them? Um, I I really hope their uh, team members would tell tell him or her to uh, reconsider uh, either reconsider the position or or then to, uh, or just to talk to the, to him or her to about the modern role of the leader I mean, to be very open. Because there are so many people, uh, I, when I did my PhD, I, I read a lot of stories, like follower stories. And there's so much unhappiness there. I mean, if you think this team, uh, like, like leader, follower, as a marriage, there's so much, so many unhappy marriages in this sense. Because people cannot trust, they don't, um, uh, they don't. Because leadership is such a huge issue and there is no recipe for becoming a good leader. You, um, you, today you get a leader, you, you are in a team and your leader is this and tomorrow maybe there is another person and he's that and you are like, the, the, it's like a uh, thin ice. You, you always have to be very cautious who is the next one because there are no, no, no recipes and rules. I, I, I often wonder, I, you know, I had a, a, a very brief formal leadership position a few years ago, and it was a very painful experience. Um, Why? I was, well, I was a, 
I think a really good individual performer. I was good at building curriculum. I was good inside the classroom and sort of managing the team inside the classroom. But I didn't really understand how to involve and help others co-create this thing that I, this curriculum that I was developing. And, and, and I found it probably the most important experience that I've ever had, at least professionally. Um, but, but also very painful thinking about seeing something that I wanted to, you know, come into reality and not really having the skill set or maybe the maturity or maybe the experience to, to bring it to, bring it to life, to, to include others. Mm-hmm. And my, maybe that's part of my interest in this MBA program that I'm doing at the moment is to try to learn the practical skills or to investigate. Would you give some advice to people who are interested in, in developing their skill set or their experience in leadership to being able to take on that role eventually? Uh, as discussed earlier, I would use the tools, uh, tool set of questions. So the questions are always good. So if you don't uh, feel comfortable, you can come to your team and go to your team and, and just asking questions. So you start uh, drawing a picture of them. You have to handle them as a team at the same time as a team. But at the same time, you have to understand them as an individuals, because you know, as we know from psychology, there are different kind of personalities and different kind of fuels people use. I mean, somebody motivated of um, of uh, money, somebody's motivated of a good team, somebody's motivated of something else. So you really have to find out how people are motivated personally and you know brick by brick building this whole system the team there are issues that you 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 work with with team as a team and the team spirit grows and then maybe this individualistic uh, views start you know um, fading but anyway you have to understand and, and know your people what are you paying attention to in that process I mean, when you when you're trying to learn about others and and you know your role inside the organization, what is it that you're paying attention to or focused in on? I try to understand the people as a whole. People are they. they uh, I I don't like the idea of working roles and and and, and you know your role a role as a wife or a role as a mother and home roles. I think that the persons are we all are always. As, as a whole something. So I, I really um, want to know the person as a whole. Like I want to know what is his personal, uh, what, what is his home role? For example, is he, has he family or does he, does she like, you know, football or like, so that I can, it's like a bustle. I, I, I start putting the pieces together little by little. It takes a little bit time, but then you start understanding because of his or her history, why he's acting like that. And you start, you, you start uh, working with him accordingly. I mean, you have to be very sensitive and wise. This is not engineering work at all. Like the opposite of, <laughs> I really like that phrase. Opposite yeah. of engineering and excels. I mean, you have to be very sensitive. I mean, um, 
you know, there are, there are little hints, there are little many things that you have to understand, but it, it comes little by little. So I would advise people to get to know each other uh, very well. There is no such thing that I don't bring my home issues to work. I don't bring my work issues to home. That that doesn't exist. You always re uh, what I've learned during my my career that, for example, if in a team if somebody behaves aggressively or changes the behavior very something has happened. You always know that something has happened. Okay, I have to find out what has happened. I have to work on it. You are not a psychologist, but but uh, you are responsible for the others uh, of the results of the work uh, and uh, the team spirit. You cannot let things like that happen. Like somebody, be, you you often hear. I'm I'm sure you hear that. Oh, somebody came came to work and was really you know mad and and didn't care about anything and blah 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 these things but there's always a reason for that and no exception i i've done this so many times and you see it as the role of the leader i i understand that you see it as the role of the leader to identify that do you also see it as the role of the leader to try to um to work through that and negotiate that you know at least as it relates to the professional environment yeah at least to advise or or accept it or you know to of course these are mostly sensitive issues but you know that you you recognize it and you try to find a solution for it not not as a psychologist or 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 you are not that but discuss uh, discuss discussion is very very important part and informal also informal discussions. I use personally. I use uh, you know sense of hu humor and uh, and laugh a lot. We laugh a lot together, so that I can uh, come very close to the people, which is of course also very uh, very. Um, you, you need a lot of energy and, and takes a lot of energy from you. But I see this as a one fuel for my team. How do you find the fuel to continue that? Um, I need to uh, feel positive. I need the positive feeling. When I'm working, I, I need positive feeling. If there is a lot of aggressiveness and, uh, and uh, negative issues a lot, you know, like day after day, month after month, I'm not at my best. I, I really need this positive energy around me. And of course, a good leader, uh, or, or, you know, who is working with me, who is supporting me. Everybody needs a good leader. I think it's the most, uh, you know, it's kind of a disease. People are continuing working with really bad leaders. And when I was teaching leadership, I always told my students that never continue working with bad leaders. Never. What are some of the markings of a of a really a bad leader that we might not be attuned to or paying attention to? You know, that came out in my in my dissertation. Uh, people are suffering from leaders who. They, they cannot know, when the leader comes from the door, they cannot know what, what mood he is on. 
that they really need to guess every morning what is happening today. So there is no stability, there is no humor, there is no, um, like, you, you fear. That's the, the feeling of fear is the most uh, energy-sucking uh, factor. I, uh, I... <laughs> This conversation has been really tremendous. I, I don't want to end on the on the on the portrait of a of a negative leader. So, <laughs> could you maybe give us a bit of uh, a bit a bit of advice for for those of us who are? And there's been so much of it already, but for those of us who are maybe aspiring leaders who are or, or who are maybe working inside of a classroom, um, what are some of the maybe things that we should consider whether or not it's appropriate to pursue a formal leadership role? I think you you always it's always a, a good role. It's a good good learning case for everybody. But as I said, um, you really have to be interested in doing that. It's the same if somebody says that you have to play football, and and if if you are not interested at all. Um, but it's worth trying. But then you have to learn how to play football. <laughs> I think that's a really wonderful place to, to stop the recording. I, I really, really appreciate your, your time and energy today. Thank you. Thank you very much. Once again, I want to thank my guest, Corita Prockey, who was so generous with her time and insights. This is a conversation that I know I'm going to reflect on often. It was really clear to me just how genuine and sincere Karita was when speaking about the best interest of her team and and how to approach, you know, building motivation on on a team on a team level. If you enjoyed the show, if you found value in this, can you please like, subscribe, share, leave a comment? Um, and if you know inspirational leaders in education or inspirational educators, could you please um, ask them to get in touch with me on theconnectedpodcast.com. dot com.